Welcome to the Gamerhood Podcast. My name is Michael Walker, and today we are talking to my cousin, Chris Wilson, who is a 41-year-old manager of executive escalations at BlackBerry from Waterdown, Ontario. Chris is a father of five kids and from a blended family, so he has lots of great advice in regards to organization and communication, so stick around. I hope you enjoy the episode. Why don't we start out by uh, telling the audience a little bit about yourself as a person and as a father? So I'm 41 years old and I, my background is primarily in computer sciences. I started out initially down a road of audio engineering and recording and uh, really big into music and you know, playing guitar and recording and, and a lot of that stuff was, was kind of some early interest for me. And I went to school uh, for a few years worth of that and then kind of shifted gears into the computer field when I realized uh, it's probably going to be um, you know, more money, more stability, uh, more comfortable family life down that road. So I uh, kind of refocused and shifted gears. And now I've been at BlackBerry for, this is year 16, BlackBerry in uh, managing our tech support escalation team. Very nice. And that's where you met your wife, right? That is, that is where I met my wife. She started kind of the same role as I did. We started entry-level tech, um, moved up to become, you know, intermediate level. Then you get to senior level. And, you know, I was her superior, you could say at that point, but she quickly, you know, moved on to bigger and better teams. And now she's in the software development side of things. So she's done really well. That's exciting. So I can tell us a little bit about your, uh, your kids. Okay, so how Which long? I know is a long how, list. Yeah, how long is this podcast? Because <laughs> this, this is going to be a two-parter, I think. Sure. Start at chapter two to pick up from where this ends. So, uh, so yeah, I have five five kids. My two oldest daughters are from my first marriage. So Ava is thirteen, and Paige is eleven. And then uh, Sarah and I, we have Sadie, who just turned six. We have Piper, who's now two, and then we just had our first boy, uh, Zach, who is 12 weeks old today. That's exciting. So I'm sure you're very happy to have one more guy in the family. Yeah, it, uh, you know, it was getting a little crowded. The estrogen levels were spiking a little bit. But, Otherwise, uh, we would have to get a dog or something if this one was a girl too, a male dog, yeah, just to kind yeah, of balance it out. Dogs are kind of like babies too. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's good. We've, you know, four girls, we went for one more kid. We weren't trying for the boy or anything. We just wanted that nice, large family that could fit in the minivan. Yeah, you want to, ma- uh, you want to max out that minivan and make sure you're out, not wasting max space. Max out the seven-seater. Um, and then, yeah, we were, we were all surprised that uh, it was Zach. So now we've kind of got a little taste of everything. That's exciting. Otherwise, you would have to either drive two cars or get one of those like, you know, Mercedes-Benz uh, Sprinters yeah, or whatever. that's exactly what my wife wants. She's already scoped out. Uh, <laughs> Wait, she currently wants like one even for the family airport. of seven? Totally. Yeah, the airport, because it's storage space, luggage, right? That's the next issue. You can fit the people, but the people got to bring stuff. So uh, we already, for big trips anywhere up to the cottage or wherever, we're, we're still taking two cars. Yeah, and especially, I guess, with your... Older girls, you know, being in hockey, competitive hockey, and then I'm sure the younger ones will eventually get there. That that takes um, up space, the hockey bags and what have you. Yeah, totally. The the ramp bags, the hockey bags, everything. And Sadie, so she's six, but she started into hockey last year as well. And everything's kind of been put on hold a little bit this year, but we definitely have a sport family. And Piper's showing signs that she will, you know, follow in the same steps. So so yeah, we need either the big airport shuttle van or some giant trailer of, of some kind to pull behind 
Uh, it sounds like a busy house. I guess, you know, being 41, uh, and you said you have five kids, so I guess you've kind of raised kids between, you know, your 20s now into your 40s. Uh, so what do you kind yeah. of find <laughs> the main difference, I guess, I guess maybe outside of energy levels, uh, you know, between raising, uh, let's say, uh, Ava versus, you know, raising Zach now? Well, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned energy levels, and that is certainly noticeable for myself. Um, you know, 41 uh, is different than 21. But from the 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 other perspective of outside sources and, and the content and stuff is I've kind of raised kids through a whole transition there where even with Ava, who's 13, you know, 13 years ago, the, the prevalence of social media and phones and things like that, they weren't at the same level that they're at now where her and Paige, they weren't really introduced to, to devices and things like that. And kind of the current, uh, expectations of having those phones until they were uh, a little older where now it's it's even you know, our six and two-year-old are kind of inundated with devices and apps and, and things like that so that's kind of been an adjustment but the span of kids 13 to to newborn uh, it's kind of just felt like one like the same thing right one big adventure of child rearing so it's blended in nicely I mean there's a bit of a gap between Paige and Sadie and so I think during that time period you know that's when things ended with my first marriage so that was obviously a difficult time a life transition time but the kids were young and I think looking back on it now I'm happy for it happening when it did versus them being a little older and, and adapting to things differently. Then when Sarah and I got together, uh, she was such a great stepmom for them. And they've known her since they were, you know, three and one years old. And so they've kind of grown up really to, to get to know her as a second mother. And I think that that's, you know, helped to kind of stabilize our family as, as having a really healthy balance and better to have that occurred when it did for the health of everybody, myself, my ex, the girls. Um, versus kind of waiting another five years or so. And then I think the transition for everyone would have been been much more difficult. So why don't we, I guess, uh, take a step back and uh, go back. Mm -hmm. Do you recall how you got into gaming? Uh, yeah. Uh, like many years ago, the first unit that I, I played anything on was my dad's old Pong game. Oh, wow. Um, and so that was like pre-Atari even. And it was, he, I don't know, he dug it out of the attic one day for whatever reason and you know we fired it up it still came up on the tv and it's basically i don't know if you've ever seen it but it's like two sticks and you bounce a ball back and forth between yeah it was the entire system screen. for just the yeah, one game the right? whole thing the whole thing yeah yeah i think the ball probably only had like eight different angles it could possibly bounce right it was very kind of simple um, yeah i played it so it's a good good game yeah, and then from sure. there did you kind of go on like did did he have that when it was relevant? So you kind of went through all the generations of systems or, you know, like, or I don't even know when that was necessarily relevant because he pulled it out as if it was like already old. So I'm, I don't, I'm not even sure the history of, of the pong game, but that, I just know that that was my first experience of any type of video game. Um, but it went kind of quickly from there to my first system that I got for Christmas was a Sega master system. So my family has always gone like, Betamax instead of VHS and it was Sega Master instead of Nintendo so I was a Sega child and I remember the first game so keeping in mind my context was you stare at these two poles on either side of the screen and they bounce a ball back and forth so that's that's all I knew of video games and then I got Kung Fu Kid 
was my first Sega game. Like it came with the console. So I start playing this game. And first of all, it blows your mind because it's color and there's little characters, not just sticks and balls. And you're like this little Kung Fu guy and these ninjas keep running onto the screen and keep fighting them and I'm kicking them and I'm beating them. And I must've played it for three or four days and nothing was ever happening. I just kept killing these ninjas, killing these ninjas. I was like, what is up with this game? Like, this is the hardest game ever. Like what, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. I'm not like going up levels. Like nothing is, is happening. It's moved sideways, right? Like a side scroller. Yes. yes. And then one day, like four or so days later, I moved too far to one side of the screen and it shifted and my mind was blown. I was like, oh my God, I've been playing this. I'm thing. exploring this world. You're probably not even mad, right? You're probably just like, this is mine. No, this is like, amazing. This is, this is what you're supposed to do. So I've been playing literally on the opening first screen and just letting the generated characters keep running up to me. So that was kind of, because I didn't have any older siblings that had, that I kind of grew up watching play video games. I had, there was, there was nothing. There was my dad's Pong game to, to this. So I didn't kind of have any perspective on, on what to do. So once I realized that, then, then I was like, oh, okay, I, I get the idea. And then, you know, it was on to games like Double Dragon and Final Fantasy, Street Fighter, all those kind of classic games. Final Fantasy is, is definitely a classic, my favorite. Um, I just quickly uh, wikied it here. So the Pong system, it looks like it was released in 75, the home version. Right. So 75, I was born in 79. So, so you know, he maybe it's like 10 years it. old or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He probably played it a little bit before uh, before I was around. And, then and he had to put down the gaming hat the when shelf. he entered fatherhood and then it yeah. got dusty. And Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and yeah, and then from the Sega, uh, I think I skipped the sega genesis and and that's when i transitioned over to over to uh, nintendo and i just kind of consoled up from there and 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 i think like i got really into the sports games that was that was a big driver for me once i got the nintendo the nes the hockey games uh i I kind of really honed in on on the sports aspect of it and i just really enjoyed kind of replicating the real life scenarios, building the team out, getting the players, making the trades, and then playing through uh, through with my favorite teams and stuff. So for a long run, for a period of time, I was kind of really focused on on the sports genres, it was either the FIFA games and the NHL games and some NBA, a little bit of Madden. The only game I really got into is a as a kid, sport-wise, my brother was more into those. I was more into the kind of RPG style um, or shooters. But yeah. the NBA Jam, I think it was called, was was a oh, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, do you um, have any uh, like a, a cool story or favorite memory to share from when you were a kid about gaming? Um, I remember one time my friend and I were. So this was this was now we transitioned to kind of getting into early PC games at this point, and so we were, you know, exploring all the different types of games that are out there, and uh, I remember one weekend having a sleepover at his house and he had, or I think it was his parents probably had uh, leisure suit Larry and that game, it started off with uh, skill testing question. Do you know what, do you know, leisure suit Larry, you know, the game totally. I don't. Just, oh, you don't know it. Okay. No. <laughs> you know, so you should Google that one. It's like, I guess you could, it would, you'd say it was very early grand theft auto ish, but without like the driving around and killing part, but, all hookers and sex and I see it uh, here. It was, yeah. It was like uh, debauchery basically, but in the early form. Uh, so it, it was supposed to be adult only type of content. So yeah. it started off with like a series of skill testing questions, not skill, but like age appropriate questions to validate 
whether you should be playing the game. And so we'd be in his basement and getting to each question and we'd like take turns running upstairs and asking his parents like some random weird historical question like who was the uh, fourth president of the United States and they'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> and the dad wasn't catching on like you were no, down and there. then we then we'd run down type it in and then we'd go to the next question and we have to run back what's the capital of and because there wasn't really internet we could search this stuff up yeah of course right? nowadays you just go on your smartphone right and blast yeah. it out but yeah I mean nowadays I don't even know if they can uh, keep kids away from from the adult content really but I don't know. It was, it was funny. It was, that was, and then we hack into that and we finally get in and then it's just like this dirty guy running schemes and, uh, you know, trying Picking to up girls and yeah. Virtual make out, pick up a hooker. It was a weird game. When you <laughs> I guess, for, really but weird. as a young boy or young bunch of boys and you might see yeah, some pixelated funny. nipples and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's exciting times. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> so, uh, what games are you currently playing? So, uh, right now I'm, really into the battle royale scene i kind of got into that with PUBG, um and then from there played that for a while game's really hard um and then i got into apex legends and i played that for mm, a little over a year um and i enjoyed that one a lot uh played it a bunch and then lately i've been uh, playing call of duty warzone um especially for the the social aspect i think um you know, once the, once COVID hit and everything got shut down last spring, uh, my brother started, <clears throat> started playing it and yeah, you know, we get on and it's kind of like a, a chance for us to get on. We chat, just get to kind of talk where we don't see each other very much, uh, especially right now. So it's kind of become a, a regular social thing uh, for us and, and a couple other friends. And so that's, that's the one we've been running most regular. And then I always like, always, always go back to the real in-depth cinematic um, RPG type games like played, uh, you know, Elder Scrolls. Okay. Trilogies. Like anytime one of those games comes out, yeah. Fallout, Fallout series are really good. Like those types of games, but you have to dedicate so much focused time to those that um, for sure, a little, little bit harder to fit into the schedule. And I'm sure, well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, because I guess, yeah, they're games you can go really deep on and, and there's a lot of hours you can sink into them. But the good thing about that, which I'm kind of trying to maybe pick up a couple of single players, because then there are games that you can pause, whether it be to go help the wife or something, you know, with the, the kid, even if you, uh, you know, have time to play. Yeah. Uh, versus harder when you're in a war zone match or, 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 or what have you, where you're going to say, okay, you know, I can be up in half hour. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's one thing that my wife, like, she she understands video games and she gets like okay i'm playing a game right now or whatever but uh she loses the context around what multiplayer means that's where it falls apart for her so she she'll be like hey can you come do this or can you come do this and I, i'm like i can't i'm like literally in the middle i'm i'm online i can't just leave right now so you gotta wait she's like what do you mean just pause it video games don't pause these days that type of thing. no yeah so, it'll yeah. be interesting if we raise if we raise our kids right because we'll understand that but like yeah it's definitely something my parents never understood yeah. um and even you know julia my wife um you know she's gotten a lot better at it I've tried to explain to her, I was like, look, I can be that guy that just says, you know, wife aggro, gotta go. But I was like, I just, I hate it when I have free time and I'm playing it and my match is ruined because someone else has to go do something. So I would rather, you know, play less, but then be like, okay, when I'm playing, it's totally like uninterrupted. So I can, you know, commit to it, focus on it, enjoy it, and then, you know, move on rather than um, kind of like sporadic 
So that's why yeah. typically as of right now, obviously times will change, but you know, typically like after, you know, all the kids are in bed and the wife either goes to bed or wants to do her own thing. Cause it's good. She has her own hobbies kind of thing. Then I'll play some games. Yeah, totally. And I'm, and I'm the same and I, I can't, I don't play during the day or anything like that. I, I just can't anymore. You know, there's a time when I was able to do that, but really it's down to two or three hours after the kids go to bed. And, you know, so it, it's, it's usually, it's not like an emergency where she's like, ah, come do this kid thing. It's, it's more of like just casually trying to like have a conversation or show me something. And I'm like, okay, I just I can't right now. Just give me a second. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't want to sound like a degenerate, obviously, like obviously if, uh, you know, <laughs> Julianne or something needed something, I, I drop anything and everything yeah. to go help. But if it's yeah, just something like, important. then anyways, yeah. So you say you typically play games with, I guess, your brother and some friends. So like, uh, you know, the reason why I guess you play games outside of those single players for, I guess, you know, enjoyment yeah, and creativity uh, is just for the social aspect. Or? Yeah. And that, and that's, what's kind of um, driven a lot of it lately for sure, because I used to like the sports games that I'd play there. I'd play mostly my own and then we'd get online a little bit and, and build a team on the hockey thing or whatever. But you know, all the fallout series play single player and, and all the elder scrolls. And so I kind of like use that time to myself to, to just get into something where now with the state of everything, it's, it's, there's been a comfort level of just hopping on, and, you know, hearing other people's voices. You don't, you don't have the interactions every day at work. You know, I'm full work from home and, uh, so was Sarah before she's off, obviously now on maternity leave. So it's, it's, there's a little more importance, I think, in, in that connection that you get right now from having a, a regular group of people to, to go on and connect with, you know, you can't join any sports leagues. You can't, you can't do a lot of things that you otherwise would do to get your, your social engagements and keep up with your friends and stuff like that. So I've put a lot of the single player stuff to the side for now, because uh, if I have a couple hours, um, I'll usually just see if someone's hopping on and, and jump on with them instead of doing my own thing. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, I totally agree. Um, so is there any games coming up that you're looking forward to? Like, I mean, on the single player side, like, you know, maybe cyberpunk or, or is there any, you know, multiplayers coming out? I was watching cyberpunk a bit. That seems to be a bit of a disaster so far. Um, but to be honest, I'm, I'm behind on some existing ones that I really want to, to get more into. Like I started the last of us two and I kind of stopped playing that a bit but i want to get back into that i loved the first one do you have a console uh, as well I, thought... I do yeah i have a okay. ps4 as well so nice. because that's what the only thing you can get uh nhl and, and a few of the, the sports type games on our console so i do have the ps4 um started elder scrolls or sorry started uh last of us 2 and i started uh, red dead 2 and neither of the both phenomenal games neither of them i have finished so they're kind of like on the back burner and they're the ones i'd go back to i think before anything coming down the pipe that's brand new um, and i think red dead's one of those games that could be mistaken though that's like you know like you could dump like 100 plus hours oh, yeah, into totally. it easily and it's ported over to pc now when i got it i got it for the console so i would probably oh, nice. just get it for pc and fire it up there and um you know i can get lost like one of the one of my biggest problems is thinking too much about how i'm gonna play a game and then not even playing it. playing it yeah totally yeah. especially those types of games right where everything's so deep and there's so many choices and i'll just read about like well if there's add-ons and things like that i'm like okay well what what should i get and what does this one do and okay this will be good and then i build out this big custom list of add-ons and 
then I've spent two hours doing that and haven't even played the game yet. Like, yeah, okay. there's like one of those uh, like choices games where choices impact your story and your how the game finishes. Right. I guess you're like always like stressed out, like, oh, am I making the wrong decision? <laughs> I mean, I'm not really like that, but I definitely have buddies like that. I'm kind of more just like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. Just play, have fun. But I definitely see like people like that for sure. Yeah, and I, and I think like the when I get really into them, you know, I just I just play them, and and I think you know what draws me to them. And I think the reason why, um, you know, I enjoy video games and why I play them even still now, uh, over 40 years old is it just like, it has that childlike imagination engine for me. Um, you know, I like, like, I have a lot of interests. I, I like sports, you know, I love hockey and, uh, I'm really into computers and technical stuff in general. I'm you know, deep into like implementing some smart home stuff now re- rebuilding some servers for for our home use and kind of have all these things that i'm tinkering with but video games to me i think connect with the imagination that i had when i was a kid right when you just play and you'd be outside and you kind of make up your own games and um it was fun right and, and i think that that's where i connect it to um i don't you know replace real life interaction or anything like that but um i enjoy good stories and i think that's why i like those games like the last of us and and red dead where they're today's state of of game when the the amount of effort and dev work and story building and character acting that goes into them uh they really are like a a series right like they're they're even bigger than a movie they're like a a, a television series worth of scripting and content and yeah for sure and when they're done really well to me it's it's kind of like getting the same entertainment out of a really good show um, with you participating and kind of building the story um, along the way. So I think it's, yeah, I mean, it's that imagination. Those sandbox games, I mean, I, I always want to try so hard to get into them, but I normally fail miserably on those just because I end up doing all the side quests and then you kind of forget about, you know, the main mission and then you kind of lose interest or care um, in the, you know, characters and stuff because you're just so all over the place doing everything for everybody. Yeah. But I think... Yeah. It's because I'm kind of not trying to rush it, but I, those games are definitely where you kind of just have to enjoy those side quests, not rather than, oh, I'm doing it just to get a sword. It's, you know, I, I'm interested <laughs> to see, you know, what happens to this, you know, little yeah. Joe Smith from the t- town farmer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and on that, like Cyberpunk, I know is like that. Um, and I've heard bad things about it as well, like in terms of issues, but predominantly it's been people that, you know, are trying to play it on the PlayStation or, or Xbox. Yeah, right? that's what I've heard. Is that they um, pulled it, I think they pulled it right off the store, right? So. Yeah, or they offered a full refund for people that are having issues with it. I know that. Um, but I mean, yeah, I just I, built I, my new PC, so I am kind of want to push it. And yeah, um, so that's kind of a game that could do it. Totally. And at I some think point, it, it's one of those games that I could see, you know, it has so much hype, right? And so it's kind of fallen flat from the hype. Um, but I could see in six to nine months um, after they've the the dust has kind of settled on it, they've released some patches. Um, you start to hear another bubble of like, oh, this game's actually really good, and it, it could see it being one of those yeah. games where once they kind of take care of it and the pressure's off a little bit, um, that it maybe bubbles back up as a as a top game. But for now, I have other ones that I I kind of want to get through. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I hear that. So um, on the gaming side and kind of tying back into the kids, um, I know that you have all these systems. Are you, uh, have any of them had any interest or got into gaming at all? 
Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, they are definitely are, are the older girls, especially, uh, you know, up on the, the mobile gaming aspect. So they're into kind of the, you know, Among Us and, and the current kind of games like that. Ro- they got it really big into Roblox this year. Among Us is amazing. Have you played it? It's very fun. So uh, I did. We had a nice uh, New Year's Eve uh, Among Us session. Uh, Sarah and I got on and uh, with Avon Page and we kind of started a, a game together and Sarah had never played before. So we taught her and then opened her up to the, the public gaming world. And uh, yeah, we had a few rounds. It was, that was fun. That was our New Year's Eve. Oh, that sounds um, exciting. Yeah. And then they've, so that we got them a Switch. And so they, they have some games that they'll play on the Switch. And I showed Paige uh, Breath of the Wild. Uh, this year because she's i can see her she's got kind of the mind for the rpg style so um they're getting they're getting there and then i would say like the biggest kind of exciting moment for me this year happened before, right before the pandemic um, i was with Paige actually at one of her hockey tournaments and so she was it was like a really good weekend it was just us we, uh, we went to st Catharines where she was in a tournament and it was it was also like her big breakout tournament she was scoring two three goals a game she was like a rock star they went to the finals um but we were snowed in there uh so we got a hotel for a couple nights while the tournament was going on and i, I brought my playstation because i thought maybe we'd nice. play some games and so i i got her into the, the nhl game for the first time so that was cool like teaching her how to play it and then we just kind of you know spent the our evenings in the hotel just playing nhl and teaching her kind of you know why i I've been enjoying it for so long. And then she came back from that trip. She's like, Ava, we got to, we got to play this hockey game. And so I set it up in the basement for them and uh, yeah, now they're, now they're into it. So that was, that was fun and exciting and proud dad moment all around watching her, you know, on the ice scoring these goals and uh, just hockey obsessed. And after that, maybe watch the leaf game or. Oh yeah. There's, they're huge leaf fans. So that's, that's good. Um, But then unfortunately, you know, season gets shut down. She's still had a bunch of more tournaments and, uh, before the end of the year, but it, everything kind of got squashed. So that was unfortunate. But, um, you know, the, the family video games uh, can certainly continue as as a bonding experience for us. And that's what we did on New Year's. So, yeah, you could probably look into um, trying to think like, you know, maybe pick up some other kind of games that, you know, everyone could like and like Fall Guys, although that's single player, that could be maybe something they could like or be get into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, game... Fall Guys, they hadn't heard of that one yet. There's a game we play at the friends. I don't know if you could play it all in the same system. It's called Pummel Party. That's interesting. It's kind of like a Mario Party kind of idea. Okay. Um, yeah, we yeah. have Mario Party for the Switch as well, so we'll play that sometimes. And Animal Crossing, we can play a bit. It's not that's not super multiplayer though, so it's kind of hard when they all want to play a game. Yeah. They just have to like either watch someone play or play something different. So it's usually Mario Kart or Mario Party, something like that. But and then our Sadie, our middle she's six so she's the next down the pipe that's gonna kind of get into it right so she's starting to now and it's funny seeing how young kids are these days that can pick up this stuff um, mm-hmm. so so fast so she can race around a mario kart no problem with them um, oh, that's awesome so do you have um i guess any uh tips out there for the other fathers um in order to i guess how to be a good dad as well as like a, you know a gamer to kind of find those hours um um, well, I mean, I think, you know, first of all, my wife is amazing. She's super supportive of kind of any hobby or, or anything that I want to do. Um, I think it's important to recognize 
um, you know, in a relationship that you got to have, you got to have your own thing, right. That you can do. Uh, we, we spend a lot of time together. Um, obviously with the kids we're doing, we're, we're so busy, right. We have five kids. So there's always like, someone's always with some, somebody somewhere doing something, right. It's, you're not, there's never really time during the day for someone to go up and do and do something. But um, our evenings are where we kind of, you know, we go through the dinner routine, the after bed routine, get everyone to sleep. And then it's, you know, a few hours of, of uh, our time to do something. And sometimes we'll hang out, we'll watch some shows together. Sometimes, you know, I'll go play a game for a couple hours, then we'll hang out afterwards. And, and, and I think just, you know, want, first of all, definitely um, being on the same page with having that time and, and being supportive of each other to have that time is important. Um, I think if you're just sludging through your day, um, you know, again, I don't want to make it all COVID themed, but it's just in this current state, there's not a lot of other things you can do, right? Like you, yeah. you, you can't because people would be doing all sorts of things. You go out, have a couple of drinks with friends. You, you have your sports leagues two or three times a week that you can go do, um, uh, go to the gym, all sorts of things, but we're pretty limited right now, especially during uh, lockdown period, like we're in currently. So um, having something that you can still do, uh, to get your mind, uh, out of that, that redundant space and kind of entertain yourself for a while, um, is, is important. So, you know, I, I am lucky that way where Sarah's super supportive. She's like, yeah, go, go play for a couple hours. You know, she does her thing. She's really into to crafting stuff and she's going to be building a website soon for that and everything. So. It's awesome. So, so, I mean, I, obviously I know Sarah very type yes. A, very organized. Um, I was just going to ask out of curiosity, I guess, other than, you know, her organization and, you know, personality, how do you guys go about that organization, especially with five kids? Cause I'm sure there's some people out there, dads, even with two kids, they find it stressful, you know, that they're have to divide and conquer. Yeah. So yeah. do you guys have like a 10 minute, you know, meeting in the morning or the night to figure out who's driving who, where, and what's going on the next uh, day? Or do you have a, ske- a calendar on the phone or how do you guys organize? I mean, that? we, I guess we have all of those things really. Um, we're, uh, I think it helps that we are actually both very organized people. Um, we have like, we're different in a lot of ways, but there are some similar ways that we kind of approach um, things as well. And I think that's one of them that probably helps a lot. I think there'd be a lot more uh, contentious, you know, arguing or stress or anxiety if maybe one of us wasn't on that page. Um, but because both of us are very much like, okay, let's, um, let's be organized about this. Let's plan ahead, right? You know, some people are just kind of fly by the seat of their pants. Ah, yep. we'll just, you know, when it pops up, we'll deal with it. We can't do that with our, our lifestyle, right? With this many kids, there's always activities that they go to, like the older girls go to a totally different school, right? We're dropping them off and picking them up back and forth. They have one week with us, one week with the, with their mom. So you're kind of co- coordinating things with that all the time. Um, and so, so yeah, we do kind of all of those things, right? We'll, we'll talk about our day, what's on the, the agenda. Um, you know, Sarah is, she is amazing. She does like a lot of the kind of organizing and, and strategy of, of things, but you know, I'm, I'm right there on the same page with, okay, what, what do we need to do? Where does everyone need to be? And you know, who's going to do dinner and who's going to take so-and-so to over here. And, and so it's definitely a lot of coordinating the calendar, the Google calendar is full all the time. And okay. Using that. I was going to ask what app you have a recommendation, yeah. <laughs> but it's Google calendars, app, I guess. Just, just, just Google calendar. And do you have like different colors? I never use it. Is it like a different color per kid or something like that? Or not per kid, but per type of calendar. Like we have one that's, you know, we share with the, the girl's mom. 
Uh, okay. Uh, so we kind of, cause we'll put in important things about related to that in there. And then we have kind of one for family and one for outside family. If there's like things going on there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it definitely takes uh, a lot of communication and um, you know, the, our, our, our data and, it, and it's hectic. And I mean, that's, I guess another piece of advice I would give is you don't expect everything to be easy, right? It's, it's not supposed to necessarily be easy. Um, it's hard. Raising kids is hard. It's stressful. You, there's, you know, tons of anxiety, you know, you, there's all sorts of uh, emotional roller coasters that you're going to deal with. And, um, you know, if, if you go into it or, or you start getting down because you start thinking, why is it so hard? And why am I tired? And, you know, why is, why can't it be, go just easily and be, be perfect? And like, it's, that's just not how it is, right? You can't expect everything to go smoothly. Um, it's supposed to be hard. So you focus on the kids, you try to plan and be organized and, um, you know, you got to roll with, with the punches sometimes. And, uh, you know, relationships are challenging as well. Same type of thing, right? Like if somebody's going to tell me that, oh, you know, my wife and I, you know, we never fight, we never yell at our kids, you know, we never uh, have any type of uh, uncomfortable or challenging situations, I'm, I'm going to say, well, they're one of a kind then I suppose, right? <laughs> or lie. Or themselves. Right, right. Or you. But yeah. Totally. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go that far, but, uh, but yeah, you know, they're, they're one of a kind or they're, they're full of it, but it, it's, it's hard and relationships are hard and kids, you know, introduce more stresses and, and they can challenge relationships as well. Right. I've been through a marriage that um, didn't survive. And obviously anytime you go into a marriage, you don't think that that's going to happen. You know, you're expecting um, a long, healthy and balanced life together and um you know that doesn't always happen and so i've kind of gained experience i think through that um and it helps me approach things you know differently obviously i'm i'm really thankful for um the wife and and partner that i have in sarah now and she's she's great she's an awesome mom and she's an awesome wife and um you know i'm i'm very lucky in in a lot of ways for that um but there are two of us that kind of make this craziness work and um if it's going to be hard sometimes it's going to be challenging but you have to communicate and you have to you know use your outlets like gaming um as a as a source of kind of stress release and enjoyment and fun and you have to do it in a healthy way where you know you can you can still allow yourself to be focused on your core responsibilities which have to be you know providing for the family and supporting your partner and your kids and um, trying to, to set the example for them as well of, of what you kind of want them to be and all the, all the same enjoyment and, and everything you want them to experience. You have to kind of lay that out for them so they can see how, how it's possible. So hopefully, you know, we're doing an okay job at that. Um, it's definitely hectic at times, but uh, you know, lots of laughs and, and fun as well. 
Yeah, that's great. I mean, sorry, you know, sort of keep going beating the dead horse here. Uh, we can ask you a couple more things about tips because I think you had a lot to provide you know, <laughs> given your experience and age. But uh, do you have any tips just again, high level generic for, you know, other, other new fathers maybe kind of going through that mixed family uh, and maybe even having issues early on, like how they can straighten the ship early on to kind of make sure that it works successfully like you guys have kind of got yeah, it set up? I mean, it's, it's, tricky because every situation can be very unique right and and you know obviously it, it's not that it's been perfect for for my situation and super smooth or anything like that you know it's definitely been challenging and and um you know early on when you go through it it's 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 difficult um but we, we've also not had the worst case scenario like like some people go through right and we've managed yeah. to, to kind more of so tips i guess on how to but, i mean obviously with different households and different parenting styles you're always gonna have issues right like julianne oh, yeah. came from a mixed family right yeah. and it's you know you make threats i, I you know mom lets me do this or i'm gonna go to dad's or, or what have you but yeah. more just i guess tips on how to get uh, that united front and I, I guess that's kind of probably is the tip right is kind of work as a team even though you're two households where yeah. possible communication is is key right and and, that and follow hard. through with punishments on both ends. Like even if she gets punished at the mom's house, you kind of have to follow through. Yeah. Like, I know, I think you were telling us a story about that over Christmas where, you know, she has something at the mom's house and then you're like, well, now you have to take her phone away because, you right. know. Right. Yes. There are definitely complications that arise to that. And, and you see this more as the kids get older, right? Younger kids, a lot easier to handle discipline type scenarios. Mm -hmm. um, as the kids get older, um, you know, their manipulation level increases uh what they're what you're disciplining and the lessons you have to teach uh become uh a lot more serious right the consequences and things like that of their actions like it it, it scales up with their age uh, and their for maturity. sure although it's hilarious because like i mean madison's only 17 months now but and i've over already obviously seen it it's a bit different right now obviously but and not trying to compare because obviously you know teenage years are a lot more challenging but uh it's just like for one thing for example uh we're trying to wean her off breastfeeding right now. Um, and, you know, she is manipulative in regards to, she'll say like night, night, like cause she'll like know that Julianne only does it before naps in bed. So <laughs> yeah, she'll do yeah. that. And then like, after she's like, you know, topped up and she'll be like laughing and jumping around and playing with Julianne. Right. So she's like just gotcha. doing it to like, you know, I know what I get if I yeah, put on yeah. a scene. So, Oh, it starts early. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it starts early. That, that manipulation is there uh, very early for sure. They, they figure it out. And but, going uh, down that same, uh, I guess, mixed family uh, situation, then um, any tips or, or you'd have maybe for how, because um, obviously I think the kids really look up to Sarah, uh, you know, how to get the kids to kind of accept the new girlfriend and ultimately wife uh, kind of to be part of the family? I mean, a lot of that, um, I think, is going to depend on on who that person is as well, right? I, yeah. Like, like I said, my kids were young um, and you know, I kind of spoke to how I, th I think that that was a benefit at the time. Um, it's obviously sad anytime kind of, you know, that a family has to separate like that, but um, often it's, it's for healthier reasons in the long run. Right. And I, th and that's hundred percent how I feel in our case and, you know, being younger, um, they, they adapt quicker and easier. And if, if you can put that kind of healthy balance in place, then, um, then, then they're good about it. And then, know Sarah she really welcomed them um, as kids obviously she has a, a slightly different role than their biological mom but she fills 
uh, you know, a mother role a hundred percent when, you know, when they're at our house. And, and I think that kids respect that. And they, you know, if you, if you take the effort to put yourself in that position and, you know, you, you treat them with respect as far as, you know, being children in, in your house and, and you're caring for them. And, you know, especially once we had kids of our own, uh, seeing the equality that she treats with them, right? That's, I think that would be very important for a family who's continued to grow um, uh, with other kids that are from, you know, a, a different parent, uh, making sure that everything is very equal and, and treated the same. And, and she feels like she really feels the same about them, right? That's how she's developed the, her love and, and care for them. And I think that they see that. And, you know, you, you mentioned about, you know, the whole, I'm just going to go to moms, or I'm just going to go to dads, or, you know, that that level of manipulation and, and putting the parents against each other, we haven't experienced that yet. Um, the, you know, who knows what's to come. But I think part of the reason why, you know, we are, to this point, have had no signs of that type of of behavior or motive behind anything uh, is because of how, uh, you know, open we've been with what we talk to their mom about, right? If we communicate, we're like, okay, we're going to have this conversation now. You know, it's, it's not a, he said, she said type of thing between the parents. It's, it's very much open communication. If something happens at mom's house, dad's going to hear about it, vice versa. Um, and once the kids understand that and they know that they can't really play around, uh, between the houses, then, then I think, you know, my theory, because a lot of parenting is also theories, right? We'll see what happens. You've done it five but, times. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you got some, you know, case sure, studies I, for you your know, theory. I've done it five times up to the age of 13, right? Every yeah. day, every day now is still new for me in that sense. So, so we'll test these theories through, uh, through the, the full teenage years, but, you know, and I, and I don't expect it's going to be easy. Like, you know, it, it, like I said, it's, it's really, it's hard. It's, it's a challenge being a parent but it's fun too right and, and I think you just have to kind of embrace those um, those moments when uh, you know you're you're raising somebody and you're you see them grow and you see them learn new things and like that's it's there's different stages and like you're at that that young stage where like these milestones are are huge right they start to learn to walk around and they start talking and like they're giant milestones you're like oh they can say words now but it doesn't really stop as they get older um, because you start seeing like Ava or Paige start expanding their uh, view of, of the world and things like that. Right. And that's just as cool to see when they start like talking about other cultures and like other countries and like Ava saying, Oh, I'd like to go to school in England, um, you know, to experience this type of thing. And, and so it just, it's the same type of reward and every and kid wants to go to Hogwarts, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huge Harry Potter fans, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it continues and it, and it's, it keeps, you know, being impressive, but to tie it back around to kind of the split family thing, I think, you know, it, it's very dependent on the situation. I know some people are in some really rough, rough spots. And um, if you're not, you know, communicating well with your ex, and that's um, a challenging point for you, um, it's, it's going to make it that much harder. And sometimes you have to take the high road as well. Right. And, you know, we're, we're lucky, like we can, we can communicate well, obviously there's, you know, disagreements that still happen when you have to decide kind of uh, what's best for the kids as they grow older, you're always going to kind of be the mother and the father, and you're still going to be deciding. And mm-hmm. um, you don't always agree the same as you don't in a marriage necessarily. Right. Um, but you got to kind of work through it. And, 
um, you really have to communicate. And sometimes you got to pick your battles. Uh, sometimes you got to take the high road for the betterment of your relationship and how you communicate and can, can continue to kind of co-parent. Um, and so there's lots of high road taking on both parts. You know, I'm not just going to say that I'm, you know, the, the only one who I'm sure concedes at certain times for things. She, she their, their mother does as well, I'm sure. And because the challenging part is, is it's it's a relationship, but it's the decisions you guys make don't impact just both of your relationships now. It also can impact your kids. 100%. So it's a lot more challenging in that regard, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um and like yeah, it's it's challenging. And so I don't I don't necessarily have advice that's gonna suit every scenario, right? Of course, yeah. You might be in a, a really challenging situation, but I would say definitely work on the communication piece. Uh, between the other parent and um, try your best to not be that instigator of any kind of negative um, talk or context about the other parent, right? You got to, you got to, even if behind the scenes, you know, you might be screaming at each other over something uh, or fighting about something to the kids. You have to show that kind of unified, you know, your mom and I talk about everything still, we're on the same page with everything as far as what we're going to deliver to the kids. Right. And then I think is if the more you can keep that going, um, the, the less they'll see cracks in the armor to start kind of weeding their manipulation into and pitting parents against each other and things like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Great advice. Um, from a broad spectrum, leaving that uh, mixed family uh, topic, I guess, uh, do you have any generic uh, tips uh, for dads out there uh, giving you raised five kids whether it be on eating sleeping you know discipline anything high level that you think oh i wish i knew that you know 15 years ago um i mean i don't know i'm still kind of using the same types of techniques really i don't you know uh it, it's not so much of things that i've learned i guess where i'm like oh i should have been doing that differently the whole time because things evolve right even methods for how you do things change i know with the older girls like when they were babies um and, and we've kind of handled their, their sleeping differently and all these things and every kid is different too so it's it's, it's hard to kind of adjust your own system because we kind of rolled with with the kids really for the most part with avon page you know, I was swaddling them in blankets and like super tight and like tucked them in and we didn't even really use a baby monitor and kind of tossed them in the room. And, and then that got less and less strict, I guess, over each child. And, um, you know, we, I don't swaddle any, I don't swaddle Zach at all. Now we just kind of let him sprawl around and he still sleeps good and he's okay for right, for right now. We'll see, but I don't know. We just kind of like roll with each kid. I think we, I think we probably get, um, it's not that you, get less uh, paranoid about what's could happen or, or how healthy your baby is or what's going on, but you certainly relax in um, the noise and the, the kind of conditions and not having everything be exactly perfect for a baby to be able to sleep or, you know, we'll just have a have, throw them on a, uh, in the pack and play beside the couch. We'll, everyone's out in the kitchen and, and everything we don't have to put them in his room or anything like that <clears throat> yeah sleep, sleep through it we actually on new year's eve we you know we we did like an early countdown for uh for the younger kids and uh you know countdown to midnight at like 
8 p.m. or whatever, and then we just. And that's where Sarah goes ahead during the day and like changes all the clocks to midnight. Right, right. So this year we actually let the older kids in on it. So for up until this year, even they didn't know. <laughs> yeah, even the older girls uh, didn't realize that we were changing the clocks on them and kind of holding the kid New Year's early and then put them to bed thinking it was midnight and then we'd have a couple hours for the adult time before it was midnight because then we'd all be tired and exhausted anyways right yeah so, but this year you know there's not the big party when we didn't have our, our usual crew over and um so we and the girls are older now it's, like it's a lot harder they're, they stop they stay up till midnight you know um periodically on their normal life now just just because so because they're te- uh, becoming teenagers and- yeah it's trickier to kind of trick them so we thought let's let them in on it so we told them they had no idea but then we kind of turned it around and say like so we're going to do the same thing now but it's more for you know sadie and piper and the younger kids and you can be in on it and then we'll stay up together afterwards so we did that but in the chaos of the new year's we're like honking horns and spinning um you know noisemakers and then uh, you kind of pan over to the pack and play that's right in the same room and Zach's just passed out asleep. And yeah. loud. Like everyone's screaming, woo, happy new year. And he's just passed out, not even flinching. So, you know, we've come from like where you have your first child and it's like, okay, get the sound machine and very quiet tiptoe out of the room. The doorknob can't creak, you know, everything perfect to the, just throw him in the corner in a pack and play and have your party. And, and he adapts, I guess, for sure. I think the long, kids get used to the version of this story is kids adapt, right? So, and you see that the, the kind of more children you have and the more you kind of, um, you know, experience what, what babies are, are capable of. They, yeah. They, and I mean, I'm not a scientist, so I, I don't know. There's probably there's no fact to my statement here, but you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, a lot of people, I don't know if there's anything genetic to it, but right. Like I'm sure between your friends, family and uh, what have you, you know, people, um, sleep differently like you know you have some friends that sleep super deep and some people that don't and I think that that's also a product of like you're saying of the environment they grew up in um, right yeah like totally all of you know be. all of my wife and your wife's family you know they're all pretty deep sleepers and it's probably yeah, just because yeah. they've always had that mentality like you you know go up to the cottage yeah, you know not bloody chaos yeah and not keep quiet versus you know I have a buddy that I lived with him and you know the smallest noise I would wake him up and he would get annoyed and I was just at one point I was like man learn to sleep like like the smallest <laughs> creak like wakes you up like you gotta like get better at this but yeah that that's like it's probably again because maybe his parents day. were like super like you said no creaking of anything so they're used to complete silence in order to have a rested sleep yeah totally it, it definitely could be but uh but yeah I think you know yeah 13 years of, of raising kids I haven't really uh, change too much of a fundamental strategy is it's mostly been adapting to uh, the other children that need the time and attention so it just changes kind of what you can focus on with the other kids but uh, you know I think uh, I'm, I'm certainly less anxious about certain things um, that new parents might be and just kind of roll with it and let the kids adapt and make the best of our, our crazy family of seven I like it. I think that's a, that's a good way to wrap it up. Uh, unless you have uh, anything else you want to add, or no, I think I think I'm good. Thank Perfect. you for, uh, for the opportunity to chat. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming on, and we'll maybe have to have you on in the future. Oh, bring, you bring me back in season two. I might have another kid. Oh, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yes. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. Bye for now. Bye. I hope you enjoy the episode. My main takeaways were to always have transparency and communication with all parties, 
even in a blended family. All parties should have a united front to ensure that the kids can't see any cracks in your armor and take advantage or manipulate either party. Also, know that each kid is different. Kids are very adaptable, so try to just roll with it and make the best of it. Thanks again, and hope you enjoyed the episode.